Okay, Baruch Hashem. Last half of the Dafkuf Yudtes. We said in the Mishnah, talking about buying from a Gazlan, you have to be careful buying from someone who's even a chashash that the things that you're buying from them are stolen. So we said on the top, Loi Mishemri Paris. So it says the Gemara, Rav Zovin Shabishta Me'arisa, from an Oros who was working in the field. It wasn't his field. He was a sharecropper. Rav bought from him things that he was selling. Fruits. I'm like, Abai Tanan. Now it doesn't make sense that Abai would say to Rav, obviously. So that gears would have to be Rava. Not Rav, right? Rav and Abayah never spoke to each other. So with Stam, it's Rav. So I'm Tanan. Loemi Shemri Paris, Eitzim Viparis. From a Shemri Paris, you're not allowed to buy wood, you're not allowed to buy fruit because we're afraid maybe they stole it. I'm like, no, honey, Mili Bashemir, the last day we go for our media. A Shemir who has no interest, own interest in any of the fruits of the land. So if he's selling stuff, we have to be stolen goods. An Oris which has a percentage, some of the crops are his. So then, you can fairly assume that he was selling you part of what he got. He gets a third, etc., as we'll see in a second. And therefore, it's very possible that he's selling you that stuff. You don't have to be chayshish. If they're selling in public, they're sitting down, they open up a stand, and they want to sell, fine. Which is the big scale. That's fine. But again, if they tell you, even if they're doing that, but they tell you, please hide this stuff, then of course it's also, we have to assume it's stolen goods. If they're selling from the front of the gina, that's fine. If they're selling from the back of the gina, behind the, you know, come to the back of the house, I'll sell you some fruits. Again, you have to be chayshish. So it's not clear this halacha that we're about to discuss. When are you allowed to buy it? Is that talking about a suspected gazlin, or is that only talking about a vade gazlin? Most of the say it's talking about a vade gazlin. So switching gears a little bit. So until you can be clear that roiv of what he has is legitimate, you're not allowed to buy from him because you have to be chayshish that you're buying stolen goods. How do you know? I don't know. But Shmuel Amar, even if you can be sure some of what he's selling, even a miut, is his, is legitimate, you can buy it and be tailored that what he's selling you is the good stuff. That as long as you, as long as you started to do tshuva, you can do business with him and you can buy from that. Mum and Meiser. What if you have someone we talked about earlier about someone who's a Meiser that you're allowed to kill him, we said. What about his stuff? Can you allow to take the, the money of a Meiser. So if one of the people abda, you're allowed to destroy his goods. Biyad, also Doesn't say necessarily you're allowed to take it. It says you're allowed to destroy it. It seems to me that's like part of the punishment that we're discussing for a miser is to take his things away. If you're allowed to kill him, then you're allowed to destroy his property, which it's not really clear what the connection is, because you would have thought that the idea of killing a miser is to prevent him from being miser. So what is destroying his property and so you have to do with that? Unless it means before you kill him. You know, maybe give him a chance, you destroy his property first as a threat to him, and then kill him. It's not 100% clear. The don't really talk about this a lot. Why? Not because you're not going to take his stuff or destroy his stuff, but maybe after you kill him, he'll have good chance. His kids will be chayiz and all his money really goes to them. Like the Pasuk says, in Eiv, So the Rasha prepares it, and then Tzadik gets to use it. So then why should you destroy his chafatzim and his money? Maybe it'll be used by his good children. He had hired a sharecropper. Rasha brings two pshat what this means. Either it means that he was very, very makbed, and he drove a chista crazy, 
uh, with how he took how he split up the crops. It's not really clear what the problem with that is, but it sounds like he was taking a little bit more than he should have. Well, the second shot of Rashi is Takaviyav means 50-50. And a, our artist generally does not take 50-50. It takes 33% or 25%, never 50%. And if he was stealing from Evchisto, so Salki Evchisto fired him. Karan Nafshe Evchisto said about this person, about this story, the Pasuka Mishle, V'tzofun L'tzadik Chel Koyte, and then it will be saved for a tzadik, the things that this person is trying to steal from him. Again, it's not really clear if it was really stealing, if he was just do it, not doing what he was supposed to do. The Pasuk says a little bit about Geneva. The Pasuk says in Eiv, So the question is, when it says HaKosh Pocha will take away the nefesh, who's that referring to? Is that the Gazlan's nefesh or the Nigzal's nefesh? They could both be true. I'm not sure they're mutually exclusive. Just two ways to read the Pasuk. Nigzal. That the nigzal be ki'ilu chayv misa for the stealing. The chadamar nafshe shall nigzal means not chayv misa, the opposite. That the nigzal, the victim, when he thinks stolen from him, it's ki'ilu, he has lost his nefesh. Chadamar nafshe shall gazlin, that it's, it's because Baruch will take away the nefesh of the gazlin. What's the issue? Madam and nafshe shall nigzal dechsiv. Kenorchas kol boitzea betza, it's nefesh balov yikach. When you steal things, you're taking the bailim's nefesh. So you see, it's mamish like murder. Don't steal from a poor person who's poor. Don't make him depressed. Don't, don't stress him out. Hashem will fight their fight. And he will take away the nefesh of the gazlin who steals from these people. So you see, stealing could be ki'ilu, chayv mis on some level. It says, on the victim. No, my bailev means bailev dehashta. It means the one who has the chayfetz now, the gazlin, he will be nefesh by the vikach hashpoch, will take away the nefesh of the person who took possession through gazela. Vidach nami yaksev kaveim kaveim nefesh. He's saying, no, matam kamer. It's explaining the reason. Matam the kaveim is kaveim. Why is the hashpoch going to punish this person? Mishum the kavoy nefesh because he's going to be coming back to take nekama for the nefesh that the gazlin took from the nigzal. Amar biyechinim. <laughs> if you steal even a little bit, he took his, his whole nefesh. Even taking your person, your chafetzim, are you? Uh, everybody has a little bit in themselves and what they own, what they work for, what they what they have. And if you take that, it's mamish murder. Vimer, another pasuk says the pasuk says in Yirmiyah, not only is it considered taking when you steal, it's taking the crops, it's considered killing and stealing and taking the people, person's children. Another pasuk. we'll see why we need all this pasuk in a second. V'yaymer, the pasuk also says in Yoel, Mechamas b'nei Yehuda she'shafach damam naki ba'artsam. Now, Hamas is not stealing. Hamas is when you force somebody to sell you something that they don't want to sell you. There also, the pasuk seems to be saying, it's considered like murder. V'yaymer, and the Pasuk also says in Shmuel Beis, El Shalva Beis Adamim, Ala Sharhemis Es Givainim. Now, Shal never killed the Givainim. Sharm killed the, the Kohanim in Noiv. But the Kohanim in Noiv always were supporting and working with the people in Givain. When he killed the people in Noiv, that indirectly affected the people in Givain. Shal is held responsible for that. My view, why do we need all these different Pesukim? V'chitem in Nefesh Yidei. Yes, when you steal from someone, it's like killing him. Avon Nefesh, but I'm not used to but it doesn't affect his family. So that's why we have the second Pesuk, Toshma, Basar, the Pesuk, Banecho, Banai Sechet, should be. V'chitem, Hanim, Elechet, Loi, Avdami. That's if you steal without pay. Avon Hechet, Loi, Avdami, if you pay, like Chamas, Loi, so Toshma, Mi Chamas, Ben Yudah, Sheshav, Chodam, Nami, even if you pay, with the Maisa, it's Keil stealing, when you force someone 
to sell you something that he doesn't want to sell. If it's direct, of a grum of it's indirect that you're causing him to lose money. We don't see anywhere in the Pesukim that Shol killed the Gevainim. He killed the Kainim over there, over David. They used to have a business or a Kupashot stalker that they were helping out the Gevainim. That's like taking away their Parnassus, even indirectly, it's considered Misa, uh, it's considered Ritzicha, and therefore you see the Chaimer of Gezel. The Mishnah said, of a Leichim min Nashim, in different cities, different areas of the country, you can buy from women certain types of things without having to worry that their, hus- that their husband is unaware. You can be sure that in these places, the husband is aware that they're selling these things. Turn about him. Leichim min Nashim klitzemer b'yehuda, klipishtam b'galil, of a Leichim min Nashim You're not allowed to buy those types of crops, not wine, not shemen, etc., not, not flour. And if an evidence is selling something, also, you have to be afraid of stolen property. When a kid comes and selling his father's watch, you have to be chayshish. Where did he get the watch from? If she's, her husband allows her to sell little things here and there so she can make a shetel fund, so she can go buy a hat or a shetel for her head, that's mutter, and if you're buying from that, that that's okay, the husband allows that. But in all these cases, again, if they tell you, please don't tell my husband, then you know you have trouble going on here. What if someone's collecting money? Is the wife allowed to give money to the stucco? How does he know that the husband left? So like him in Dover Muet, a little, doesn't say what a little bit. We'll see it's actually relative. Avaloy Dover Muruba. Vabadadin, if you have a, a husband who has a business squeezing, gr- squeezing shemen from Zaysim. So like him Zaysim Bemida Vashemen Mida. So if the wife is selling bottles of shemen, that's fine. You can buy from her because assumingly that's the business, the family business. And she's selling full bottles. Avaloy Zaysim Bemuet Vashemen Bemuet. But if she's selling either, either a little bit or for a very cheap price, then you obviously have to be chayshish that she's, she's stealing from her husband's business and you can't do that. Shingam Lil Emmer, Leichem Inoshim Zaysim, it should be even Muet, not Bamoid, Begalila Elyon, and the Galila Elyon you could do that. It could be the person needs extra money. He's embarrassed to set up a little shop in front of his house. So he has his wife do it for him, and therefore that's what she's doing, and it's fine. He gives her some, some of the extra stuff to sell, and that's why she's doing it, and it's mutter. Ravina Ikla be Mechuzah. He went to Mechuzah, which is apparently a very rich place. Also, Nashim be Mechuzah. Ramu Kameh, they threw through him, I guess, for stucco or for covered. Kavli Vashiri, all kinds of jewelry, necklaces, earrings, etc. So, Kibble Vina, he took it. He took it as, you know, either stucco or something. We said you could take a little bit if they give you a few shekel. But here they're throwing at you all kinds of jewelry. It's all relative. To these people, jewelry is very is not significant. And therefore, I'm allowed to take it from them. We can assume that their husbands are not makbid, and it's fine. Says the Mishnah. Other examples that is halacha. So when you to take things to what we would call nowadays the dry cleaners or the laundromat, so the way they used to wash, they didn't actually wash them so much, as much as they would stretch them out. And when you stretch them out, then they would bang them and get all the dirt and the dust out of them, and we'll see they used to comb them. So when you bang them, and when you comb them, little pieces of the fabric, little pieces of the yarn come off. Who gets to keep that? 
So it says the Mishnah, these little balls of uh, threads, etc., that come off the beged, then the Meichin is allowed to keep them. And he, that's not considered Vasarik, But when he brushes them, right, if you have a little brush over here, a little brush, right, and you're brushing it out to, to do that, so then that's going to be Meichin. Those are actually bigger pieces that come off, and that the Babais expects to get them back to reuse. If you have a piece of cloth that was made on a loom, so I have a picture over here if you want to see it actually. So when you when you when you do when you make the back and forth the shti and the arev at the end of the begad you're going to sell it. If you don't put something around it, we would put nowadays like a little bit of glue or something. They didn't have glue, so how do you make sure it doesn't all fall apart until it actually you know seals together well? So at the bottom of it they would make three strings, three of the usually the shti strings, the arv strings, depending which side you're on, that were there to hold it together. But many times they were not the same color and they weren't really functional. So you ordered a beggar that was an ama by an ama, you got a little bit of a lip around it, and that was just made to hold it together at the beginning. So when you send it out to be cleaned, the kaivis naito gimachutin. The kaivis can take off those gimachutin, he gets to keep them, because the palabais doesn't really want them anyways. So the kaivis who's washing it is allowed to keep those three things. Vain shaloi. Yasumi kanam If it's more, it's four or five, then not. Vimhaya shachra gabilavan. If the lip was a different color than the rest of the beged, then Then even if it's four or five strings, he could take it, because obviously it's not there for, for any purpose than just to hold it together at the beginning. Once it's ready washed and, and stretched out, you don't need those strings anymore. When you have someone who is fixing a beged, so he would leave a little bit of the, of the thread at the end of the beged. And that's important, because they lit for but You would use that in case you want to attach something else to the beged later, so you'd already have like a little string hanging out. So that string you're not allowed to take, that string you're supposed to keep. How big is it? We'll see in the tomorrow. If you end up with a little piece of beged, as we'll see, when you stretch the beged on the kaivis, you cut off pieces to straighten it out. If the piece you cut off is more than three by three, you have to give that back to the balabais as well. Masha Kharash writes, when you have a carpenter and he's carving pieces of wood, that the Balbais gave him the wood, and now you're supposed to carve a shape out of it. The Matzad, Matzad is something called a, an axe, it's with a D in the end of it. It's a, it's, a, it's a tool they used to use for carving. Okay, so it's a little, it looks like an axe, but the, the, the head of the axe is not straight, it's actually the other way. It's curved the other way, so you can use it to, cur- to, cur- to curve and make uh, things. So if you use it that, that he's allowed to keep. But if he's using a real axe, which is cutting off bigger pieces, then Shabal Abayis. So basically it's a question of size. How much are the little pieces are coming off? If they're small, then the carpenter can give them. If they're big, Abayis expects to get them back. If he was hired not to do it in his studio, but he was actually working by Abayis' house, then even the sawdust, when he's sawing, even the dust goes to keep by the Abayis. If you, so now, now that we said in the mission that the, the kaivis is allowed to keep those little balls that come off when you're washing or, or banging the baghead, so then you're allowed to buy from him those, those all, because they're his. He can take two of these threads that we talked about the, the, around the baghead. He's allowed to keep two. Now, obviously, we just said in the mission of three. Not two. Tomorrow we'll discuss in a second. So when you put the beged to stretch, so you used to take the beged, they, you don't want to, you used to tie it to like a big frame, sew it or attach it to a big frame to pull it really, really tight. And that would accomplish a few things. First of all, then you can bang it really hard to get the dirt out of it. And it also would like freshen it up and also stretch it longer. And then you could brush it and comb it, etc. So the problem is, is the more when you attach these things to the side and pull it, you have to actually sew a little bit into the baggage. 
And when you do that, it's ruining the baguette a little bit. Okay? So when you do that, it doesn't say how many of these loops you can make, but each loop should only be attached with three chayven, with three stitches. You can't make more than three stitches on the baguette. So and when, you br- when you comb it, to straighten it out, do you comb it lengthwise or widthwise? So it says the Mishnah, you should do it the Arev way, not the Shti. That way it would be the width way, not the length way. The Shti is the long ones that are in place on the loom, and the Arev is the ones that are going the, the other way, counter. So you should do it that way. After you stretch it out, the, the Balbais doesn't want a beggar that's all cockeyed now. He wants just a square, you know, rectangular beggar. So when you cut off those edges, you should cut them off. Then you cut them off on the long side, not on the short side. You can cut off, cut off up to a tefach of it, you're allowed to cut off. Let's go back into that, Bryce. So, we said, You're allowed to keep two of the lip chutin. It's in our Mishra 3. It depends how big they are. If they're thick, then two of them you could take, not more. If they're not so thick, the standard size, it sounds like, then you could take three. We saw that a brisa that you're supposed to brush it the other way. It depends on the function of the beged. Rashi says, Rashi's on the outside over here, it's two columns, Rashi. Rashi says, Ve'ilmi is, uh, I'm sorry, the way it's Rashi, Glimi. Talus has three the chol yoyim. If it's an everyday beged, when you brush it, to the long way, it makes it, it'll make it uh, like more delicate, and the beggar will rip. So if it's an everyday beggar, you don't want that. Whereas if it's a cyber Rashi says, us the cover of the then it's not a question of it staying for a long time. Then you want it to look nice. To look nice, you could So it's interesting the way the, the, the begotten were made when you're making it on a loom and you're doing it the warped and the weft and the, the vertical and the horizontal. Depending which way you brush it, depending which the the, the, the yarn that they used to use for the for the shti and for the arev were not the same yarn. They were actually made differently, each one. And depending on whether you wanted a beggar that was stronger or you wanted a beggar that was nicer, that's what you would focus on, the nicer threads in the shti or the arev, and that's when you brush it and comb it, you have to keep that in mind as well. You're not going to make more than three stitches when you attach these loops. So what does that mean, three stitches? Is back and forth one stitch, or is back one and forth a second one. So how do you count that? It's a, it's a question of double the amount of stitches. So take it, it's not clear. When you straighten out and cut off the lip, the edges, you should cut it out on the length side, not the width side. We learned the opposite. It depends if we're talking about a begid or talking about a belt. So a belt, which is very, very long, and you only see the edge of it, so then you don't care about the other side, you only want it, you would want it to be straight just on the part that people see. Whereas a beged, which you're wearing in a shirt, you want it to be straight on the other side. So again, you have to understand all the, all the details and how it all works. But the different types of begotten, you would straighten out either on the width side or on the length side. If you have a, jo- a person's job was to comb out these begotten when they were being cleaned, so anything he kept, he's not supposed to keep. We said that when you're sorry, you're taking out too much, that he's supposed to return to Balbashi. He's not allowed to be selling these stuff. But if the minig was to keep it, oh. So what if the... The guy's trying to sell the mukhan, he's trying to sell these mukhan, nobody wants to buy because the Mishra says you're not allowed to buy from him, from the sorry. So he says, I have an idea, I'll sell stuffed pillows. Where'd the stuffing come from? I don't know. Right? And you know where the stuffing came from. Okay, but he's not selling you stuffing, he's selling you a pillow. 
That's mutter, my time kanu b'shinui. That's some type of shinui. Again, whether it's a shinui chayz l'biyasei, not a shinui chayz l'biyasei, or it's just enough of a shinui that since we're not for sure that he stole the stuff, it's just a chashash. Once there's enough of a shinui in it, we'll say that's okay and you'll let it buy. So you can't buy the raw materials, but if you buy a stuffed pillow, that's fine. The, the person who's working in the loom, the person who actually has the loom, so these are the different parts of the loom, if you remember. I have here a little loom, I'll send the picture out. So we have over here, uh, the loom, the, this piece of, here in my case it's a little piece of wood, but normally it's a frame that's called the batenirin, and that's the part that picks up every other, stri- every other piece of yarn and puts down the other ones, so you can run the arev ones back and forth between them. If someone's selling those batenirin, or if someone's selling this piece over here, which is the piece that's on the shti, it's called a huddle or something like that, and they, that's the piece that you pull through. If someone's selling that, apparently they used to have also on the edge of it a little piece of yarn that would hold all the string in place. And if someone's selling that, all these things are things you normally would have received from the Balabayas, and they're not yours to keep. If you're selling it and you're a gardi, that's already suspicious. So they are as follows, just read them inside. Which is the little piece of wool that used to hold the thread together. Vlainirin is the strings that pull up in the gun. Vlaipunkali is the piece that you're passing back and forth. That's when, when you're doing it when you're standing up. Rashi says, Vlaishiure Pikiyas also seem to be the leftover that's on there. Now, but you could buy from them. A spotted beggar. Now, where did they get a spotted beggar from? Why is he selling you a beggar that has like all kinds of, you know, unidentified materials? Because obviously the leftovers from what he had. But we said once he made a shinoi to it, then it's okay. So if he's selling you a very colorful beggar, which obviously you know is from the stolen materials, it's not 100% from stolen materials, you don't know for sure. Therefore, once he made a shinoi, you're allowed to. Taviva reik. Or if he took these threads and he spun them, is Tavi as he spun them into new threads, or a rig, he actually made them into some sort of begin, you will have to buy it. If you can make the raw yarn, if he respun it, you could buy that from him. So for sure, a begin, which is after he respun it, so my arig tiki. No, when it says over here arig, it wasn't referring to an arig that was made from, from spun threads, it was made, even if it was made from non spun threads of some sort. It's Rashi says shashar is like a, like some sort of, some sort of necklace or some sort of rope out of it, which is not made into something spun, out of spun, that also you will have to buy. If you're going to buy from someone who has a dyeing company, so he's making, he's, you know, making colors and stuff, so you're not to buy from him the little pieces of baguette. Normally the Balabais would come with a white baguette and say, I want you to make it blue, and here's a sample of the blue that I want. Now you're really supposed to return that sample blue to the Balabais. If you start selling the samples... That's a chashash that you're selling stolen materials. And also on the beggar itself, right? You don't want to dye the whole beggar right away. You dye a little piece of it, and then you cut it off and show it to the balabais. Is this what you want it to look like? That also, you're not allowed to keep that. You have to give it back. And if you don't, it's stolen. Also, any piece of tzemer that falls off the beggar, you're supposed to return. You're not a washer. You're a dyer. A dyer is supposed to return everything. You're allowed to buy from him a beggar that has, again, made out of all these various little pieces of leftovers. Says the word, if it's spun thread, so for sure a beggar that he made from that spun thread, you'll add enough of a shinoi. Namti means felt. So if he took all the leftover pieces and just smashed them together and made what we call felt, that also you'll add a bias enough of a shinoi. 
What if you give leather to a leather maker? What, is, what about the little pieces that come off of there? So, all the pieces he cuts off to square out the leather, or the pieces of hair that fall off, all those things he has to give back to Malbais, you're not allowed to buy from him. One of the processes, parts of leather was to soak it in water. When you soak it in water, a little piece of leather, a little piece of hair, etc., will float to the top. Those are the shloy. Those, the leather, the leather worker is allowed to keep, and he does not have to return those to the Baalbais. We said about your shachar, if the lip was a different color than the rest of the begin, then you were allowed to take off the entire lip. I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Katsra one of the nicknames they used to have for the dry cleaners for the laundromat was Katsra. Why is he called Katsra? For Katsra Shakil. Because he's shortening the baguette. Every time you bring a baguette to wash, he's cutting off a little bit of it. And that's why he was called Katsra for the lesson of, of shortening. Rehuda says, this brings up an interesting point. The halacha by tzitzis is, the tzitzis that you put on the corner of the baguette have to be a certain distance from the edge of the baguette. Does that include this little off-colored lip? Or does not include this off-colored lip? Or do you have to remove that and measure from the actual color of the baguette? So I call him in Tcheles, for Yitzhak Greek on my son Yitzhak was makbid not to count those extra threads, but you are allowed to cut those, count those extra threads and how far you make it from the edge of the baguette. We said a chayet is supposed to leave over a piece of thread uh, on the edge of the beggar. And you're not allowed to take that. That's considered part of the beggar. So, Vakama, how much? Litfar. So, it has to be enough that he could sew with it. How big is that? Vakama litfar. So, the amount of a needle, mechet, and a little bit more. Now, what does that mean, a little bit more? Does that mean. The amount of a threat of a needle plus another amount more than that, so basically two needles length. Does it just mean a little bit more than a needle's length? How much do you need? So if he left too little, so it's not functional. So if you have a little piece of fabric that you cut off that's less than three exposed by three exposed, very little. If the Babai says, no, 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 even though they're so small, I want those back, I really should buy so you can keep them. If he doesn't say anything, since they're such small little pieces of thread or fabric, I really should lie, then the kaivis is allowed to keep them. Now, why would a Babais be mocked on a small little piece of thread that's not usable for tfira? So, if you say the normal size that you're supposed to leave over is two needle lengths, and you left over one and a half needle lengths, so pachas mikan less than two needle lengths of its one and a half is chazir sixa. It's at least enough to allow you to tie on those loops that we talked about earlier to pull the thing and stretch it. That it meant the regular size is basically a little bit more than a needle. So less than that, pachas mikan, which is less than a needle length, you can't do anything with it. It doesn't make any sense that the babais be makbed at all. Actually, the regular size is two needle lengths, and if you do a little bit less, that's still a little bit functional to tie on the loops. The babais says he could be makbed if he wants to be. We said that which you're shaving off from the carpentry. So we said if it's made, done with an axe, you get big pieces. If it's done with the shaping tool, then not. If he's taking it off with the shaping tool, if he cuts it off with an axe, that he has to give back to Balbais. You see right away a stira. When you're drilling, when you're sawing, different kind of saw, those are little pieces about the, the carpenters are allowed to keep. So you see a stira in the shaping tool, are you allowed to keep those pieces or not? 
So Marava depends. But as for the Tana Didon, in the Tana of our Mishnah, Ika Tarti, there were actually two types of Kalim. Chatsini L'Rabsi Kari, the Tarti Chatsini, there were two types of these shaping tools. L'Rabsi Kari, the Kshil, the big one was called a Kshil, and the small one was called a Matzad. So the small one, when you shave with it, it makes little tiny pieces come off that you're allowed to keep. The big one, not. The Bryce that you were quoting, there was only one tool. It might have been a big tool, but they also called it the Matzad name, and therefore when, therefore in that one you're actually cutting off big pieces, that you have to return to the Balabais. So we said if you go by the Baal, if you're doing it in the Balabais' house, then you, or even the sawdust, he gets to keep. What if you're carving stone? Those little pieces of stone that you chop off, that the Balabais does not need. If you're working on trees, cutting off, pruning trees, etc. If you're taking out like you know, different types of things from the field. So all these things are different kinds of weeding or pruning that you're doing in the field. Babais wants all this little piece of wood for firewood or whatever. So you should gazel. Then you're allowed to keep them. That's part of your job, which is to take out all the bad stuff when you're gardening and, and you know, throw it away or keep it. This is normally animal food that grows wild around the field. These are hops and different kinds of grasses. So you can top it if you're if you're working in the field, you'll have to take that stuff. But the the Some places they're makbed on it because this is good animal food. So you might want to keep it if you have animals. And Amarvino that's the the That is a place that they are makbed. Why Rashi says They need good food for the animals, and therefore that the Masha says that really we said kula nazikin So normally masechtas try to end on a good note. Over here it doesn't because it's really in the middle of the Masechta. But we split it up. And that's why Rashi throws in Rashi wants to end with the word Toiv at the end of the Masechta because we consider it a separate Masechta. Adonah, Chagrezo, Basra, Slikala Masechta, Spavakama. Mazel Tov.